0: Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you here. My name is Tommy Jones, and this is my podcast. So let's take a few minutes, talk about life, and we will see where we end up. Welcome to Off the Cuff. I'm glad you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Off the Cuff. It is a pleasure to spend this time with you today. As a quick reminder, we are broadcasting from the closet behind Amber's desk. Uh, It has now been decorated by my daughter and one of her buddies. It looks fantastic. There's some new signage. It's an amazing little space full of chemicals and supplies and whatnot. If you ever want a tour, just drop by and let me know. So today's topic. I've been a pastor now for probably around, I don't know, 11 or 12 years, I guess, which is pretty crazy. It's been a minute now. And there's a question I get relatively frequently, and, and I think I get this question frequently because of the waters of which our church is surrounded by, meaning this, most of the churches around us are of, say, like a Baptist derivative, uh, which is great. I love them. It's, we partner with the Baptist churches, some wonderful Baptist churches around here. But I think traditionally, the topic of altar call has been approached a little Different in a Baptist church than say what I have traditionally done. And I'm not saying one is right or wrong. I'm just saying it's traditionally different. And so, because most of the people in this church have come from some sort of Baptist experience, although we have people from all different experiences uh, Wesleyan, meaning Nazarene or Methodist and Assembly of God and different things. But in the South, typically, uh, and maybe that's what it is, maybe it's more Southern than Baptist, I don't know. But there is a traditional sort of way, many people in this area have experienced this idea of altar call that's different than what I've traditionally done, and so people will frequently come to our church from another church and they will say, Why don't you do altar calls I've heard that so many times, and my first response is always, I do, I do i I, I always try to encourage people to give their life to Christ. Uh, I try to encourage people to uh, take a step forward in their relationship. But here's the truth. If if so many people have asked me about this, that it makes me question whether or not I'm doing it effectively. I mean, obviously, if you think you're doing something and no one else around you thinks you're doing it, you may not be doing it right. And so I've, I've been going back and sort of rethinking my theology and my approach to this part of what we do. And it's important. It's important to give people a time. It's important to encourage people to respond. It's important to, to help people understand that there must be a moment where you take a step, where you take a stand, where you move forward, that that matters. It matters greatly. And so I'm just, I've been rethinking my Approach and theology to this. And as a matter of fact, over our Easter series, I'm going to do altar calls. We're going to have three Sundays and one Friday over our Easter series, and I'm going to do it a lot during that time. And so let me take just a, a few minutes and sort of unpack what my hesitation has been or why maybe it doesn't sound with me like it sounded with other pastors. And again, I, we're just going to work through this together because that's what I'm doing in my head right now. And you're, you're now along for the journey. So, um, And I may be wrong. That's highly possible. I think one of my issues has been that I had several moments over my life where I responded to something that kind of felt like an altar call moment. And it didn't really have any impact on my life. Like I remember going to a camp when I was in high school and responding to something that was like that, but it it's like I had this moment, this big emotional moment, but I got up from that emotional moment and just went right back to the life I was living. I had a similar experience as an adult. Probably several times. And so it just didn't I don't, it just felt like emotion. It didn't feel like I'd really made any decision. And then I, I went to a, a church or I've been to churches and sort of experienced this this moment where at some point during the end of the message, the pastor will say something. I'm not knocking anybody, guys. You got to know that. And, but we can also have a little fun, and, and I think it's okay. So I, I've been in places where I've heard this sort of moment at the end. Where the pastor says something like, okay, no one looking around, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. And first off, you know, someone's looking around. I mean, you know, the people on the worship team that, you know, they kind of still have their eyes open or somebody, the pastor's looking around and I have been in that moment and I've looked around. It's hard. When someone says, don't look around, the first thing you want to do is look around. It's like when you're at Los Toritos and the guy hands me the plate and says, this plate is hot. There's something in me that just wants to touch the plate. I don't know why. That's just who I am. So I've been in those moments and, and he says, you know, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, no one looking around. He says, all right, now, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand. And then you hear, you know, oh, you over there, I see you, you in the corner, you in the back, you in the balcony, you over there, you in the blue shirt or whatever, you know. But it's like sometimes it'll start off with that. And then he'll say something else like, okay, and if you've, you've known Jesus, but you want to come back home, just raise your hand. Or if you've been going through a difficult time, raise your hand. And it's like, before this little moment is over, there's six or seven reasons you should raise your hand. And sometimes it has felt like we're just offering reasons until people raise their hands. And something about that, I'm not saying it is, please hear me, I'm certainly not saying it's always disingenuous or anything like that, because I don't believe that. But there is part of me that's like, well, this doesn't really feel like giving your life to Christ. As a matter of fact, some of the language used around those moments even kind of, it's like... Will everyone who wants to invite Jesus into their heart today, I don't even like that language, invite Jesus into your heart. What's that even mean? Like, I'm going to invite Jesus into my world. I've carved off a little place in my heart, not next to my money or not next to my relationships, or not next to my hobby, or not next to my kids' baseball, or my kids' sports, because those are different. Those are are preeminent areas in my heart. But I've carved a little place over in the side of my heart, and that's what I'm going to invite Jesus into. I'm giving you a little space in my heart you can occupy. That's what that feels like to me. And that's probably what I did, which is why I would leave those moments never feeling any different. I would invite Jesus into a little space in my heart. And I guess the argument could be made It's better than not inviting him at all. But I see stories in the Bible like where Jesus goes to the rich young ruler and says, get rid of everything and follow me. That seems to be the request. As a matter of fact, when he tells his disciples, he says, follow me. And they just follow him. And so I I don't even think the, the request is invite him into your heart. I think what we should be telling people is give your heart to Jesus. Give all of yourself to Jesus. And you and I both know that's a process that happens over time. It probably didn't happen in the first moment of your relationship with him. But I think it's better to give everyone the information on the front end. Here's what's expected. Your whole life devoted to God. And so maybe I've just had some experiences and seen some things that just didn't make sense to me. And so for those reasons, maybe I've sort of shied away from it. Because I never want to, I never want to try to, I don't want to use that, I don't want to use the word, I I never want to try to put on a show with those moments. I don't want to try to con somebody into something by just generating a lot of emotion so that they make this quick emotional decision about something where the Bible says, count the cost. That seems to be the message of the Bible. Count the cost. You want to follow me? You want to give your life to me? Count the cost. And so I don't ever want a quick emotional decision to become a substitute for really giving God your life. I don't ever want an emotional quick decision to become a substitute for long-term obedience or discipleship. And I think sometimes we can use these these moments, these emotional moments, almost as, I don't know, like like an insurance policy. Even though, There's been no actual change in your life. I know I've talked to a lot of people who, and I'll say, tell me your Jesus story. And their story will start off something like this. Well, when I was nine, I responded to an altar call. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. Then what? And they're like, well, on that day, I invited Jesus into my heart. Okay, great. No, I, I got you. No, we're, we're, let's move past that. Then what happened? What do you mean? Like, then what happened after that moment, after that emotional moment, after that response, whether you were nine or 13 or 30 or 70, what happened after that emotional moment? And if the answer is nothing, if there's no story beyond that moment, if there's no there's no fruit beyond that moment, then what was that moment really? I don't know. You can't do anything to earn salvation. You and I know that. I believe we know that. That's a free gift given by God. And so all you have to do to be saved seems to be to put your faith in. In the, in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which I think to put your faith in him means to give him your life. But people who have done that have some fruit. People who have done that, their life looks different than before. People who have done that begin to sort of trend Jesus. Yeah, let's say that, trend Jesus. They begin to trend Jesus. They begin to look more Christ-like. Maybe trending Christ would be a better term. I don't know. And so one of the things that I've probably been afraid of is an emotional response that takes the place of a real decision. And so then someone sits in church for the next 15 years never really giving their life to Christ because they fall back on this memory of an emotional moment. But there's no life change, and they're not growing, and they're not changing. And so that's sort of been where I've stood on that. But now, but hear me, we're going to do altar calls over the Easter series, even with everything I just said, because there's still something in me that knows there must be a moment when I say to people, you got to make a choice, man. You got to decide. You got to make a decision. And I don't think I've done that enough. But I want to make sure I do that inside of the context of, but that decision is not the pinnacle of your life with Jesus. It's the beginning. Because after you make this decision, you got you to gotta go out and live. You got to live changed. You got to be different. You got to continue to pursue God. It's not one decision that equals eternity. It's one decision that equals a life of change, a life of difference, a life of meaning, a life of purpose. It's not one moment and that's it. That's your Christian life. It's one moment that unlocks a million more moments inside of the life of someone who's becoming like Christ. And so I've just been wrestling with how to position that with people where it's not just an emotional response that leads to no real life change. And hopefully we're going to do an effective job of that. But also I'm going to have to trust the spirit. I believe God is calling us to do altar calls during this series, to be very clear about them and not altar calls where it's like all heads bowed and all eyes closed, you know, no one looking around. No, like, I, I, we're going to call people up. We're going to give people a moment to leave their seats and come forward and, and be enveloped and loved by the body of Christ. It's not going to be something where you can you know text salvation to 911. No, it's come, come forward. Be seen. Make a stand. And I'm not saying that's mandatory. It's not. You could be on a desert island and give your life to Jesus and that would be a beautiful moment and it would matter and your forever would be changed. So nothing we're doing is like mandatory. But I think it's I think it's helpful. I think maybe one of the reasons my moments didn't didn't feel or didn't because I had no accountability around it. Like in a perfect world, you move from altar call into a group of into a community into a community that's encouraging you to grow and learn and live, or as we would say, growing, knowing, giving, serving, praising. You would move from this moment of a decision between you and God into a community where you were held accountable and where you were nurtured and loved. To just make an emotional decision and then disappear again is sort of like the people who just used to come forward and join our church and then we'd never see them again. It's just not that effective. So I'm working through this, and I'm excited, and I think it's healthy often to be open to other voices, and I've heard you guys. I've heard you guys. I've heard the conversations about Alterkov. I've heard your heart on this, and maybe I've let my fear get in the way of doing what I should be doing or my past or whatever, but I'm working through it. I'm a work in progress, man, just like you. And that, friends, is why we call this off-the-cuff, because we're just working through some things. And this is where I'm at today, and in a few weeks, maybe something different, and that's okay. I think we should uh, reserve the right to keep our minds open. As a matter of fact, as I use the word mandatory, I even have to sort of, rethink all this again, as we talk about altar call and, you know, it should, it should should unlock life. I still also have to think about this story of the criminal on the cross who in a dying, painful moment seemed to make an emotional appeal to Jesus and Jesus' response to that man wasn't great. I'm glad you're making this emotional appeal, but you got to live, you know, some sort of life after this. Jesus' response to that man on the cross was today you will be with me in paradise. And so I, you can't. That. That's gotta factor into our thinking, right? That's gotta factor into what we're thinking about this. We have to consider that. But I think as you as you read the Bible, you see one of those stories. And you see a whole bunch of other stories of people who had a moment that unlocked life change. And I I think, although God certainly, Jesus certainly has the ability to redeem that person in the last moment, in an emotional decision. He has the ability to do whatever he wants to do, and we see that. I still think his preferred plan for us or even for that criminal on the cross had been a decision made earlier that unlocked a life lived for Christ. But these are things we work through, right? These are things we work through. And we do the best we can with the information we have. And we trust that God is working all these things out. Because he is. And so... It's off the cuff, right? We just work through the thought. And my theology is growing and changing, and I hope you're growing and changing. And I hope we're learning from this. And each person who comes to this church brings new ideas and new thoughts, and we grow and we change together as we're molded into the body that God has called us to be. I'm excited. I'm excited about Easter, I'm excited about what God is doing. I know there are areas of my theology and my thought where I'm insufficient, areas where I'm, probably areas where I'm wrong. I know, it's hard to imagine, but it's possible. And so I'm thankful that God is bigger. And I'm thankful that even in spite of my lackluster altar calls thus far, people are still coming to know Christ and growing and changing. Anywho, I've enjoyed this conversation with you today. I've enjoyed working through this part of our theology together. I'm excited. And this is fun for me, and I hope it's fun for you. I hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you guys soon. This has been Off the Cuff. I love you. Jones out.